to the Icon Church podcast. Icon Church is one church in five locations. Our vision is human flourishing. We pray that this podcast helps you to flourish in life. For any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. We hope you enjoy this podcast. So good. I love standing to welcome the preacher. I'll tell you why, because I'm honouring God's word. I'm standing up and I say, I'm ready for the word of God. I like, I don't need, I don't need the welcome, but our hearts need to be ready for all that God has for us. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. You can take your seats uh, today. So good to be together. I want to talk today about no perfect people allowed. So if you came to this service and you're perfect, you came to the wrong place. Uh, But if you're here today and you're not perfect, you came to exactly the right place. Uh, I've got an alternative uh, title today and that's this, Grace is Enough. Grace is Enough. Uh, I chose this because, you know, at some point in our lives, everyone has felt like their weaknesses limit their lives. Weaknesses and limitations. In fact, last Sunday night I did a, a message and as part of getting ready for that message, I researched the internet and um, uh, on the research on the internet, it was to find the one thing, if you could have one thing, one desire, one choice, what would your one thing be? And I found some strange responses and uh, I won't go into all the ones that I shared last week, but some people asked for a third arm coming out their stomach. I mean, that was weird, wasn't it? But a lot of people, actually, the one thing they wanted was a superpower. And the reason they wanted a superpower is so that they could overcome their limitations and they could overcome their weaknesses. Because we all feel, at times, limited and weak in life. Some years ago, it reminded me that some years ago, I read a book by a guy called Flip Flippin, and it was called The Flip Side. I think his first name was Philip, but he changed his name for the book to Flip. Flip Flippin, and he wrote a book called The Flip Side. Um, If I asked Jeannie to say that, it wouldn't come out quite like that at the moment. But anyway, and, and this book was meant to highlight your weaknesses or your constraints in life, the things that were holding you back. So you could identify those things that you felt were holding you back. And I read this book and I felt like I ticked the box for every constraint, for every weakness. When he explained them, I thought, that's me. Every single one, that's me. So when he was explaining what it means to be overconfident, I thought, yep, that's me, tick that box. Then when he, meant, he explained what it was to lack confidence, I thought, that's me. Overconfident, lacking confident. He explained what it was to be lazy. I thought, oh, that's me. I'm lazy. But then he explained what it was to be a workaholic. I thought, that's me. I'm a workaholic. Then, then he talked about people who personally take the blame for stuff in life, not just take responsibility, but actually blame themselves for stuff. I thought, that's me. And then he talked about people who shift blame. In life, guess what? I thought that's me. You know, I could go on and on and on and on. It was a long book. It was the most discouraging book I ever read. (laughs) And then at the end of the book, he said, "Now, now, here's what you do. You work on your top two constraints. 
And I just went, ah. <laughs> oh. It made me feel like we can all feel in life, not good enough, that we're not doing well enough or we didn't do well enough, that our work isn't everything that it could be. It made me feel like that. It also reminded me of the fact that, you know, we all face temptations in life, don't we? In so many different areas. And, uh, you know, I was thinking of a few temptations. I know that some people have the temptation of chocolate. There are people in this room that eat chocolate every single day of their life. We can face the temptation of shopping. We can face the temptation of shoes. Whatever. Whatever. We face temptation in life. And sometimes we feel we don't, can't overcome those temptations. And sometimes this bothers us because some things, maybe not these things, these are humorous things, but maybe some things we know have an impact on our lives and can also have an impact on others. We can feel like there's a barrier and we just can't break through. That there's a, there's a resistance, there's a constraint on our life. Because even Superman had kryptonite, right? Something that was, we've all got weaknesses. Because we're human. You're not alone and I'm not alone in having weaknesses and limitations. And the challenge of recognizing those weaknesses and limitations is this, that we can think that they exclude us. We can be afraid that one day, you know, we'll get payback for all our weaknesses. It's almost like all our failures and all our weaknesses will stack up. And if we've not had it already, we'll get payback for all of that. Our weaknesses, our limitations, our failures, our sin even, can make us think that we're not good enough for God. It can make us think that God is angry and that God is against us. It can cause us to think that God won't accept us. Or maybe even that God can't accept us. That because of our weakness, because of our limitation, yeah, God would accept us. But because of this, he can't accept us. It can make us feel like that. It can make us think that God can't use us or won't use us until we get our act together. Or that he can't use us till we get our act together. And then sometimes our weaknesses, our limitations, we can just link together with our identity. So we can say, well, I'm this or I'm that or I'm not this and I'm not that. And we create a picture of our lives and identity that's a negative identity of who we are. Well, thankfully, there's good news. It's called the gospel. In fact, the gospel, the very word gospel means good news. And the good news is this, and we've celebrated it today in communion, that Jesus took up our weaknesses. He took up our sin. He took up our shame. He took up our failures. He took our temptations. It says he was tempted like we are. In fact, the scripture says he carried them. He took them all and he carried them and he nailed them to a cross. He was tempted like us and he was he he had that opportunity those those opportunities like we have to have mistakes and failures and yet he took all of those and carried them to the cross not only that our mistakes our failures but he took our sin he took our shame he took our rebellion he took everything to the cross and he nailed them there so that we can know this our weaknesses don't have to have the power over us anymore they're not the defining thing in our life They may be present still, but they don't have to be the thing that defines our life. Let me say that again. They may still be present in our life, 
but they don't have the power they once had in our life. Why? Or how can that be? I'm so glad you asked that question. How could that be that weaknesses could still be present, limitation could still be present, failure could still be present, sin could still be present, and yet it not have the power it once had? I'm glad you asked. It's something called grace. Grace. You know, the scripture speaks to this so many times. And in a moment, we're going to turn to a personal story of someone who writes the scripture. His name's Paul. Paul the Apostle. And we know him as the guy who planted many churches 2,000 years ago. We also know him as the guy who writes most of the New Testament letters. Maybe almost two-thirds of the New Testament was written by him. But here's a guy who was aware of his weaknesses. And he was aware of his limitations. He was aware of his sin. And sometimes it troubled him. We're going to drop into a story where he's talking about his weakness and his limitation. And he calls it a thorn in the flesh. And so many people have tried to define what does that thorn in the flesh mean? Maybe it's a physical problem. A thorn in the flesh. Um, Maybe that's what it is. And maybe it was poor eyesight Paul had or a serious limp. Maybe it was an emotional issue. Maybe it was depression in his life. Because the word for flesh in the Greek can actually mean flesh. Carne, chili con carne. Can actually mean that. That's not the word. It's the Greek word socks. You know. You liked that one. Thanks for laughing. It can mean flesh or it can mean your emotions. But it can also mean your spirit. So maybe it was a physical problem. Poor eyesight. Or maybe it was an emotional problem, depression, or maybe it was a spiritual problem, opposition in that. We don't know for certain, but it could have been all three. Historians are fairly sure that Paul had poor eyesight, very poor eyesight, and he definitely faced lots of opposition. But also, Paul, like you and me, had a past. He had a past. When we first meet Paul in the book of Acts, he's the destroyer of the church. You remember that? Paul, in the book of Acts, his story is there. The first time we meet him, he's involved in killing Christians. And he actually becomes a follower of Jesus on his way to kill more Christians. He's a zealot. He's passionate. And so his problem, his thorn in the flesh, could be in any one of those three areas. But now he's a builder of the church. The one who wanted to destroy the church is now probably in those first sent in that first century the greatest builder of the church but the builder of the church who was once the destroyer of the church is now trying to be destroyed by others so he writes about his weakness thorn in the flesh and he writes in a, a letter called 2 Corinthians to a church in Corinth and uh, he's already talked about his thorn in the flesh And then he writes these verses, 2 Corinthians 12, verses 8 to 10. He says this, Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. Three times. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, because of this, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, So that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecution, in difficulties. 
For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul pleads with God to take away this thorn in the flesh three times. Because like us, he's desperate to be free. He wants to overcome. This thorn in the flesh, whatever it is, is not a pleasant thing. He feels it's a demonic thing, a satanic thing in his life even. And he feels at times like he can't cope. So God, please take it away. And we all do that, don't we? We all cry out because we long to overcome and we desire freedom from some limitations and we cry out for help. Even Jesus did that in the garden the night before he was crucified. Jesus cries out and he says, if this cup can be taken from me, if this that I'm about to face can be changed, then Lord, please do it. Jesus did it in the garden. But what did God say to Paul? He said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is enough. God said to Paul, he said, I've got another answer. The answer is not going to be that I'm going to remove it from you. And the answer isn't that I'm going to remove you out of it. But the answer is I'm going to be with you in it. And being with you in it means that my grace is enough for you. Grace, another answer. Grace means the undeserved goodness of God. It means unearned favour. It means unconditional forgiveness. I love that. Because that makes grace the most powerful force in the universe. The most powerful force that has ever been known. Let me say what it is again. Undeserved goodness of God. Unearned favour. Unconditional forgiveness. Grace is what took Jesus to the cross, where he took our sin, he took human hatred and evil and, and all that stuff within humanity that's against God. And he took it to the cross and on the cross, he took it, nailed it there and he poured out God's love. Grace brings God and man together. And grace is so powerful, it can overcome even our most feared and dangerous weaknesses. God's answer to Paul, God's answer to Paul's request that his weakness be taken away was that my grace is enough. I'm not going to take it away and I'm not going to take you out of it, but my grace is enough. Why would God do that? Why would God give us grace? Why would he give us undeserved goodness? Why wouldn't God give us what we deserve? Why wouldn't God wait Until we'd earned it. Why would he do that? Undeserved goodness. Why wouldn't he just give us what we deserve? Well, the answer is because that's who he is. God is good. And so he gives us who he is. Because God isn't just giving us a boxed, packaged present. He's giving us himself. And so the Bible tells us that God is good and he does good. His doing good comes out of who he is. He is good. And so he gives us himself. So he doesn't wait until we deserve it. He just gives us himself and we receive his undeserved goodness. What about unearned favour? Why wouldn't he make us earn it? Why wouldn't he require us to deserve it? I don't know if there's anybody here today, but I am. I'm here today and I am so glad God didn't make me earn it. God didn't wait till I'd earned it, till I put enough hours in or I'd done enough stuff. God offered it to me as unearned favour. I don't know if anybody else is glad about that. But why wouldn't he make us and require us to deserve it? 
because he knows that we would always fall short. And so in the person of Jesus, he takes our place and he meets the requirements for us and he gives it freely as a gift. He gives himself to us. What about unconditional forgiveness? Why doesn't God say, I'll forgive you if? I'll forgive you if. Or I'll forgive you when. I think another New Testament writer explains why God doesn't do that. John writes in a letter called 1 John One John, chapter 4 and verse 16, writes these words. And so we know and rely on the love of God has for us. I I, I love that little duplicate there, that little thing together, that little combination punch. We know, Tyson Fury, and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God is love in them. God is love. That's why God doesn't wait for us to fulfill some condition to forgive us. He offers it to us freely. It's called grace. I want to jump back to those verses, a couple of those verses in that passage we read, but this time I want to read them from the message translation. God's response to Paul in 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 9 in the message says this, my grace is enough. It's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. Don't you just love that? My grace is enough. I think somebody needs to hear that today. Whatever you're going through right now in your life, whatever you're going to go through in the future of your life, you need to hear this. God's grace is enough. He might not deliver you from it. He might not take you out of it, but His grace is powerful enough and enough for you in it. If you want to take away three words today that will change your life, it's these three words, grace is enough. Because it changed Paul's life, it changed his perspective, it impacted him and it's impacted so many people since. What about the next verse? Once again, reading from the message translation, 2 Corinthians 12.10 says that, once I heard that, what's he referring to? Once I heard that grace is enough, I was glad to let it happen. I said, bring it on. I quit focusing on the, un- the handicap and I began appreciating the gift. Wow, what a shift. I quit complaining about the difficulty and began appreciating the goodness of God, the favour of God, the forgiveness of God. It was a case of Christ's strength moving in on my weakness. Now I take limitations in stride with good cheer. Those limitations that cut me down to size. Things like abuse, accidents, opposition, bad breaks. I just let Jesus take over. And so the weaker I get, the stronger I become because I just let Jesus take over. Come on, come on, let's praise him this morning. It's all you need. God's grace. Some, some people would say, well, surely not. Surely it's not all you need. Paul says, yes, it is. Because actually, if you just let Jesus take over, you actually become stronger. I've got four quick thoughts that I feel will help us apply this message into our lives today. Here they are. Number one, numero uno. Focus on grace, not on your weakness. Focus on grace, 
not on your weakness. Can you see Paul's shift in these verses? Once I knew that, God's grace is enough. I, I stopped focusing, he calls it in those verses, on that handicap. But he started focusing on the gift. Focus on grace and not weakness. A few years ago, I uh, was thinking of buying a book on Amazon. I went on Amazon. I was going to buy this book. You know, I read a lot. and I was going to buy a book on focus. And I had this thought. It was a revelationary thought. You don't need a book on focus. You just need to focus. (laughs) What a revelationary thought that is. That actually sometimes we read about stuff, we learn about stuff, but sometimes we don't need to read any more about stuff, we don't need to learn any more about stuff, we just need to do it. Yeah. I mean, I bought the book and I read, <laughs> I read the book because <laughs> I'm not against books, because books can help us and what other people have learned and how other people see things can really help us. But when I was thinking about this, we, need to, we, we, we don't need just to talk about grace or learn any more about grace. You know enough about grace to focus on it. Whoever you are today, you might be in church for the very first time right now, right here, right now. You know enough about God's grace so that in your times of challenge, struggle, limitation, you can switch your thinking and you can focus on grace and not the weakness or limitation. You see, Paul still had the problems, the opposition, the limitations, the weaknesses, but his focus had changed. His focus had shifted. He was declaring God's grace is enough. He was focused on God's grace. Paul knew that this grace had been given in the past and that there was all you need and it's there. Jesus said to him, my grace is sufficient. This grace, God was saying to him, has got everything covered. We've got this. God was saying to Paul. You know, when we think of that word sufficient, we can think it was, you know, about sufficient. It's just enough. But God wasn't saying to Paul, oh, I'll be with you. I'm not going to take you away from this or I'm not going to take this away from you and I'm not going to take this out of you. But you'll scrape by. You'll scrape by. That's not what God was saying to Paul. He's saying, no, my grace is more than enough. In fact, Paul didn't see it that way of sufficient, just enough. He saw it as superabundant grace. He saw this grace, this understanding of God's grace being enough, being kind of grace that would never run out, that it would be more than enough, that there'd be new grace every day for whatever was needed, that there'd be so much that he could never do anything to exhaust it, so much that no matter what happened in his life, abuse, accidents, bad news, sickness, opposition, he would just be able to step back and say, I just let Jesus take over. I just give it to God, he was saying. God saw God's grace as so abundant that he was thinking, well, whatever happens, even my own failures, my own mistakes, my own sins, I can just let Jesus take over. It's just stepping out the driving seat of your life and saying, it's yours, Jesus, take over. Paul was going to focus on the grace of God. Wouldn't it be incredible if we could live our life with that focus? with that attitude. 
I think it starts from this understanding that in every situation, God's grace is enough and more than enough, that it's all I need. And I believe you came to church today because God wants to shift your focus. You've been worried, you've been fearful, you've been afraid, you've been frightened, but God wants to shift your focus today. And he wants to let you know, just like he said to Paul, my grace is enough, sufficient for all you need. Come on, if you believe it, praise him. Here's the second thing. Know that your weakness will never separate you from God. Uh, some things people say uh, often when you talk about church or you talk about being a follower of Jesus, a Christian, they, they, they think this, that you have to get good before you get God. That you have to somehow um, measure up to some standard. You have to compile a list of credits that God might, accept you but we all know don't we that that's not true all four of us are saved here today no no I said we all know don't we that that's not true because if you don't know it you're in a mess honestly if you don't know that you can never earn it that you can never get enough credits then you're in a mess but here's the good news the gospel you don't need to because God's grace means that you will never be separated from him his grace, he's, got, he's that good. The scriptures speak about God's grace being enough. It speaks about the fact that we can come as we are. That we don't have to wait for a day for when we're better. We don't have to uh, wait for a day when we've, we've kind of put all our stuff right or all our mistakes right. No, we come to God as we are today. Whoever we are and his grace is enough. The scriptures tell us that God chases us that he pursues us, that he wants a relationship with us, that God is not stood in the corner sulking, refusing to speak to us with his arms folded until we get our act together. No, he's actively waiting for us, <clears throat> looking out for us, pursuing us because his grace is enough. He's longing, he's chasing, he wants us because he's that kind of father. Go back to 2 Corinthians 12, 9. This time from the New International Version, Paul says, but God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast. I don't know if you can see the promise. My grace is sufficient. There's a promise. But my power will be available to you. Can you see the promise there? There's no doubt about it that, you know, we need God in the midst of our weaknesses. But God's promise is that his presence will be with us. And where his presence is, there his power is also. You and I will mess up. We do mess up. But grace is enough. You see, I don't believe Jesus is complicated. We complicate Jesus. Jesus isn't complicated. He loves. He forgives. He redeems. He restores. He heals. He chases. He's always <clears throat> present. I will be with you always, he says, even to the end of the age. God knows what we will do wrong tomorrow, today. He knows and his grace is enough. It's already been provided. It's super 
abundant grace is already all we need. Your weakness, my weakness, your limitation, my limitation, your sin, my sin, your failure, my failure will never, ever separate you from God. Here's the third thing. Know that your weakness doesn't mean that God won't use you. Our ability to do something great by God is not defined by our weakness or our strength. It's not defined by our genius, our intelligence or our lack of learning. It's not defined by our upbringing. It's not defined by our race. It's not defined by where we were born. It's not defined by any of those things in our life because his grace is enough. God can pick a kid up from a mining village in Nottinghamshire and use him. God can do the same for any person from anywhere in the world. Our ability for God to accept us and use us is not defined by our weakness or our limitations. In fact, right here, right now, you are ready to do something incredible for God. Right here, right now. We have no need to fear. Because sometimes we can be afraid. I'm not good enough. I've not had the right upbringing. I wasn't, I wasn't raised in the right kind of church. I, I feel like I'm, I'm behind on the curve. Well, you need to understand whatever situation you're in, God's grace is enough. Why don't you help me out with that? Whatever situation you're in, God's grace is enough. You are ready. We can feel insecure sometimes usually because of our past or because of stuff that's happened to us. Because we've let other people down, we can feel insecure. We can think we always let people down. And, we, we do, and some people actually live down to the expectation of others. And sometimes the world can look down on us and put us down for a whole variety of reasons. But God believes in, in us. God loves us. God is for us. And you are not going to be significant one day. You are significant today. Today, God's grace is enough. God, your weakness will never stop God using you. I mean, you just got to read the Bible, man. Like, like, like you just got to read the Bible. I mean, all the heroes, apart from Jesus, are super flawed in here, aren't they? Uh, let me talk to the uh, unholy people. All the heroes in here are super flawed, aren't they? Yeah. They are. It's, it's a little bit like, I think of the Old Testament, a little bit like the children of Israel got a reporter and uh, got a biographer and they said, we want you to journey with us through life and we want you to report everything that happens. We want you to report what we say. You want you to report what we believe. We want you to report how we worship. We want you to report the battles that we're involved in. We want you to report everything. And every time you report anything, you have to highlight our weaknesses. That's like reading the Old Testament to me. It's like they had a reporter walking everywhere with them and all the reporter did was every time he reported the facts, he reported what they said, he reported what they believed and every time he highlights their weaknesses. And I, I love that. And I love it because it shows so clearly whoever you are, God will use you. That God will use you in your family. 
He will use you in your workplace. He'll use you in this church to build Icon Church, to build His church. He will use you, whoever you are. And then the fourth thing, and the worship team are going to come back as I close. The fourth thing is this. Know that your weakness opens the door to more strength than you could ever imagine. Let's look at verse 10 again. 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 10. That's why for Christ's sake I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When are you strong? When you feel strong? When your limitations have gone? When God has lifted you out? Is that when you're strong? No, Paul says, you're strong when you're weak. Because you're handing it on to Jesus. You're giving it over. When I say that God's grace in it is enough, that applies to what you're going through right now. It applies to the difficult situation that you're facing. It applies to, it applies to what you're going back to at work tomorrow. God's grace is enough. And if you and I can have the same attitude as Paul had, I believe that we can have peace in the midst of all we face. We can have the peace as it shows in these verses, the peace that God will keep His promise. I'm with you. My grace is enough for you. We can have peace even in the midst of unrestful situations, opposition, sickness, anything that we face. We can have a peace that God will keep His promises. We can have a peace. We can have a peace that we can experience God's power in the midst of our weakness. That when we feel that we're at our end, we can have a peace that when we're at our end, God begins. We can have a peace that when we can't, God can. We can have a peace when we don't have an answer, we know He has the answer. In fact, He is the answer. We can have a peace that we will know His power. And we can have a peace that we can rely on God's strength and not our own. And He has no limitation no limitation you see we think peace is the absence of problems good luck with that I'll say it again it's better than you respond to that we think peace is the absence of problems it's not peace is what we trust and rely on in the midst of problems Peace is the rest we find when everything else is raging around us and we still know God is with us, that His power available to us and that His grace is enough. It's the trust you have, it's the reliance you have that God's grace is enough. And these verses tell us that God's grace isn't just passive. Listen, God's grace is just not a nice idea. Undeserved favour unconditional forgiveness God's goodness it's not just a great idea it's powerful it's not just passive it's active it's our help it's our strength because it's God in us and God with us this peace is the fact that we can rely on Jesus I love what Paul says don't you I just give it all over to Jesus I just give it all to him so how do we live out this message I think we can focus on God's grace, not our weakness and not our circumstance. And we could experience a shift today. I'm believing that supernaturally in some result. I I came to help some people today. 
that you need a shift in your perspective today. You've look, you're looking at stuff, you're fearful, you're afraid, you feel insecure, but God is shifting your perspective today. And all you're going to see right now is Jesus and that you can hand it on to Jesus. We can believe and know His strength will kick in when our resources fade. We can trust that God will keep His promise and we can rely on His strength. We can say to God, you know, God, I found God's the best person to complain to. Don't complain to the pastor. I was going to say he's not bothered, but that's not true. (laughs) I was thinking about another church, all right. God's the best person to complain to. I find out, God, I can't cope with this. God, I've had enough. God, this is too much for me. So I find God is the best person to complain with. Because you know, when when I have that conversation with God, I find peace. It's weird, but I find peace because I realize I'm coming to God and I'm saying, this is too much for me, but I think you could do something. And I'm relying on His strength. I think we could start believing and acting if God would use us today, right now. I wonder what life would be like if we approached our lives like that. Imagine what could happen in our family, in our work, in our school, in our university. Imagine what could happen to our faith if that's how we approached our faith imagine what could happen in Icon Church oh if we just knew I mean we've got some great things to share on Vision Sunday and we've got we've got some you know plans ahead and they are just way too big for us so there may be trouble ahead but we're not relying on our strength we're relying on the God who is unlimited and is limited What if we applied this with our friends and our relationships? Imagine in the the midst of difficulty, we could just refocus on the grace of God and we could have a peace today. A peace, the Bible says, that passes understanding. See, everybody understands peace. You're getting the the director's cut in the 11 o'clock service. You you should be glad you came to this service because you're getting the director's cut. Everybody understands a peace in the absence of problems. But a peace in the midst of problems, that passes understanding. And this is what God wants to do. In the midst of difficulty, He wants us to refocus on grace. And we want, He wants us to have peace, knowing that His grace is enough. If you were to take three words from this message, it's these three words. Grace is enough. And my prayer for you is that the next time you're in the midst of a storm in your life, you're in the midst of turmoil in your life, you will remember three little words. Grace is enough. Grace is enough. Can you believe it today? Can you receive it today? Can you believe that you don't have to earn it? Can you reject that today? Can you just reject it out of hand and say, I don't have to stack up all these credits. I can just receive it today. Can can you believe today and reject today the idea that you don't have to deserve it? That's got nothing to do with it. It's not even a thought. It's just God's love, God's faithfulness, God's grace, and His grace is enough and it's available to each and every one of us. Come on, if you believe it, stand to your feet and let's give God some praise in this place. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Icon Church. 
If you'd like any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. Have the best week.